0: And you know, as Pastor Randy says, if Michaela asks you uh, to serve, the answer is yes. yes. There we go. That was kind of weak, but you guys get the idea. (laughs) An emphatic yes. Well, our our gospel reading this morning is from John 21, and it's rather lengthy. I'm going to let you all remain seated because you're already there. And um, I'll just read. You all follow along uh, silently. Read along with me silently. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. John 21, 1 through 19. Amen. As we sing this next song, let's make this a prayer. If you're unfamiliar with this song, um, just listen and pray these words.
1: On the hill of Calvary, my Savior bled for me. My Jesus, set me free. And look at the wounds that give me life—grace flowing from His side. No greater sacrifice. What He's done. What done. the glory and the honor to the sun my sins are forgiven my future is heaven i praise god On a throne of majesty, the Father's will complete. He reigns in victory.
0: stand together read our psalm aloud together this is psalm 30 this is uh, psalm david wrote in to dedicate the temple i will exalt you lord for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me lord my god i called to you for help and you healed me you lord brought me up from the realm of the dead You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called to the Lord for, for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Psalm 30. Amen. Let's remain standing. Unless you really need to sit, let's stand for these next couple songs. Just fun. morning in the dancing right although the tears they fall my song will rise my song
1: will rise to you though my heart may fail my song will rise my song will rise to you while there's breath, shield around me, always you remain, like courage in the
0: You may be seated.
2: All right. Can you say the joy of the Lord is my strength? I heard an amen. Did I hear uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength? There you go. Praise him. Praise him. Boy, it's good to be with you. It's been a little while. Um, I thank the Lord for your ministry here. Um, And I'm excited uh, to be before you, although I know it won't be Randy. Um, It won't even be Joey. I've heard Joey speak, and he's really good. Right, Kayla? Right? No, no. Tell me your name again. Caitlin, Caitlin, not Kayla. Michaela, Caitlin. I knew I'd mess that up. And uh, thank you, Kevin, for leading us into worship this morning. God is so good. You all have been so blessed. Uh, and are blessed as a congregation here at First Baptist Clinton. Let me see if I can get this iPad ready to go. Let's see, my ID is this, and then, okay, there it is. This morning, I want to talk with you about something that you're very familiar with. But first, I want to kind of let you know who I am. My name's John, and I work uh, at a building, but I work to serve churches, you all, and um, the Lord— through associational uh, missions work or missionary work. Um, We're excited that God continues to gain traction within our association through churches like yours, through smaller churches and larger churches, uh, richer churches and poorer churches. We're excited to see the Holy Spirit work. I love the song that included this morning, um, God the Spirit, because sometimes we, you know, we leave him out here at Southern Baptists. You know, we we do Jesus, uh, the Word of God is right up there, Lagos, Jesus is the Word of God, and the Father's up there, but sometimes we miss the Spirit. I know He's in us and He's moving, right? But uh, sometimes we leave the Spirit out. And I'm excited to say that God, through the Spirit, through His Spirit, or Holy Spirit, is working here in and through you. So keep that in mind as you move from place to place in your body life here at first Clinton. Let's see what I miss. I went, I went on a tangent there, um, just on my own, and that's never good, because we'll be here into, into Sunday school class. I want to tell you a little bit about my family. They're unable to be here this morning, but I, I'm married to Kelly, a little bit over 30 years. We'll be 33 in uh, November, and then we have Caleb, who's a senior this year, and uh, we go to Grover Park, and they're doing senior day at Grover Park. You figure that happened with your schedule, right? But Caleb's a senior at Nam Noster High School, and he will be entering college as a sophomore um, if he passes a couple of classes uh, between now and the end of the year. And then Micah, goodness, you need to see Micah. If, you, if ever you've met Micah, Micah is our 15-year-old, and he's wearing bigger shoes than I am. And his curls, at least, no, his, his head, because we did measure, is above mine. So Micah, um, Joey, you probably know those guys. Caleb's kind of quiet, studious, uh, loves theater. You see him come alive when he does theater performance. And then Micah, Micah's, you know, all boy. He's kind of a, kind of a goofball kind of guy. I don't know where he got that, but it probably wasn't from Kelly. Um, so God is good to the Britons. So I wanted to bring you greetings from my family and also the associational family. Um, we're an association of somewhere around, well, mid-60s right now, a number of churches, and we're, we start down here with the foundation in, 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 in Henry County, right? Henry County. And then the, Henry County holds up, uh, on the map at least, Johnson uh, County and Lafayette County then we had a couple of outliers in other counties, but we have uh, uh, our boundaries. I made a mistake, by the way. First Acts 1-8 um, conference that I got to, I said Lafayette, Johnson, and Henry, and, and your pastor corrected me. So, I wanted to start with Henry, right? Okay. So, Henry's a foundation, right? Um, and so, God is good to the association. Our, our, uh, our biennial um, theme uh, the last uh, couple of years, and this year will be the second year, uh, we'll be concluding, is missional churches praying outside the walls. So our association stuff that we do, conferences and things, we try to remember that we're working on praying deeply with all that we do um, as individuals and as churches. So talking a little bit about the association, um, while Southern Baptist associational work takes place in North America... Um, I'd like to share an encouraging message with you this morning about international missions. You're very, very familiar because of your mission church, your missional church. Um, you've got it going on. Uh, today I want to talk a little bit more specifically toward the end of the message about uh, unengaged, unreached people groups. You probably know what those are. Um, for those who don't, hopefully you'll walk out those doors uh, with with a decent idea of what unengaged, unreached people groups are, and you begin to pray for them. And maybe some one of you in this congregation or some uh, younger person will, will sense a calling, like, uh, like Bill's kids, uh, you know, like, like Jared, and I forget, I forget Michelle's last name. Are her parents here this morning? Maybe not. But uh, uh, like, like Jared and Michelle do in Nepal. Um, going to a faraway place and maybe uh, maybe someone here will capture the vision of working with the neediest of needy uh, places that don't have um, understanding of, of 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 jesus of of god the father god the son and god the holy spirit so um the message is called why jesus why me and then why missions? And specifically, we want to look at international missions. And we want to look at those UUPGs this morning. So I got to get you started because I've got like 50 minutes of material and I've got to put it into 25. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Definitely get it into 20, 25 minutes. And uh, so what I need you to do, a couple of things. This means yes. Help me out. This means yes. Okay. This means no, okay? you got to help me during the sermon. And then this means, I don't know. Got it? Okay, yes, no, I don't know. And then the other thing, you've got to do that because, or this with me this morning, reach over with your right hand, reach over your left shoulder. Come on, everybody. Reach over your left shoulder, grab that thing, all right? And then bring it down this way, grab it with the other hand, and say with me, click, click. Okay, you're buckled in. It's time to go. Here we go. (laughs) So I want to look today at the classic uh, Great Commission Scripture, and that will get us uh, kind of a foundation to work from, and that is found in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. If you would, get your Bibles ready in Matthew 28 um, and turn there with me um, as I give you the context. You probably know this, but there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. At the beginning of the New Testament, you got your Gospels. you got Matthew, where we'll be looking today, Mark, Luke, and John. So we're going to be looking in Matthew today at the very end of the book in chapter 28. Chapter 28 is where you'll find Jesus. Um, meeting his apostles and probably a much larger group of people on a mountainside to utter his last recorded words that we find in Scripture. And that, of course, are the words of the Great Commission. He uttered these words right before he ascended into heaven to prepare to sit to the right of his Father. You know this, would you please stand out of respect to the Scriptures? If you're able to do that this morning, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. And I'm also going to add verse 18 to kind of give it a little um, intro. Verse 18, Matthew 28. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i am with you always to the end of the age father we pray you would break the scriptures open unto us this morning jesus let your words be heard not just the words of the great commission but other encouragement this morning please, Lord, hide me behind the cross that you gave your life upon and let your words, dear Lord, be heard through this mouthpiece this morning. So, Father, we thank you for this place we can worship you. Jesus, we thank you for suffering and dying in our place, bringing us salvation. And dear Holy Spirit, thank you for residing in our bodily temples today if we do know you lord encourage us we pray in jesus name and all the lord's people said amen Amen. thank you you may be seated so we'll look at three questions or queries this morning the first is why jesus why jesus well because he became the salvation and presence of god here on earth sometimes we think about the following verses and, and read them at Christmas time, but think of the concept that showed up in this little passage here, Mar- or Matthew Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. Um, and it's, it's, this is Joseph thinking about stuff. But as he, Joseph, considered these things, which was to divorce Mary quietly, behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife." FOR THAT WHICH IS CONCEIVED IN HER IS FROM THE HOLY SPIRIT. SHE WILL BEAR A SON, AND YOU SHALL CALL HIS NAME JESUS, FOR HE WILL SAVE HIS PEOPLE FROM THEIR SINS. AND THIS ALL TOOK PLACE TO FULFILL WHAT THE LORD HAD SPOKEN BY THE PROPHET, AND THIS IS ISAIAH, BEHOLD, THE VIRGIN SHALL CONCEIVE AND BEAR A SON, AND THEY SHALL CALL HIS NAME EMMANUEL. So in this passage, we have Jesus, which means the Lord is salvation. Old Testament, uh, Yeshua or Joshua, salvation comes from the Lord. And then we have Emmanuel, and we all know that means God with us. What's it mean? God with us. Yes. So Jesus, Emmanuel, I'm going to be referring to the Christ uh, that we know now, this side of the cross and the resurrection to Jesus Emmanuel a little bit this morning. So try to place yourself in the story. Prophecy was about to come alive on earth. The promised Messiah was on his way. Even as we anticipate Jesus's birth every year, it's easy in our minds to minimalize the point in history. When Emmanuel, God with us, actually arrived. In this passage, Jesus, who would become the Christ, the Messiah, was coming. While no human eye had ever seen God, soon Emmanuel would be alive on earth for all to see God with us. Why Jesus? Why Emmanuel? So that humankind could begin to see the unfolding of god's greater plan and purpose his desire to offer salvation through his son jesus the christ the one called emmanuel and that salvation is offered to every person every tribe every tongue and every nation so why jesus because we have god's plan for salvation through his son jesus Uh, Salvation will come to us through Jesus and and then the Emmanuel, God with us. But also, um, he is our Messiah. This side of the cross, we see him uh, as as our Messiah uh, come to earth for a purpose. So from why Jesus we move to why me. Make it personal this morning. Think about the question. Make it personal. Why me? So I'm thinking, why John right now? Well, because as a believer in Jesus Christ, as one who, 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 who has a, a, a body that's the temple of the Holy Spirit in my life, I am commissioned to do what? To go and make disciples, telling others about Jesus Emmanuel, the Messiah. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, we just read it. That's Christ's great commission to all believers. Each of us as believers are commissioned by Christ to make disciples as we are going. Go ye therefore in the Greek. uh, Go means as you are going. We don't have to go far. We can be right where we're at. As you are going, make disciples. So here we are on this side of the cross. Jesus Emmanuel has died in our place. He's taken the penalty for our sin. He has suffered the shame on our behalf. Jesus Emmanuel, now we call him Messiah because of what he did on the cross, was buried in a tomb, was resurrected, spent 40 days with his close followers, and was prepared to reign victorious, to sit at the right hand of his Father in heaven. Jesus, Emmanuel, the Messiah in Matthew 28, number one, met with his closest followers on a mountain. Number two, he gave his followers, and this is us included, the task of disciple making. Number three, he ascended into heaven. And number four, he left the task of telling the world about him to us, to me. So why me, you ask? It is that I could be sent out so that you could be sent out with the great gospel message of Jesus Christ, our Messiah. So we've got why Jesus, salvation. And we've got why me? It's obvious I am to go make disciples of all the nations. And then why missions? Again, we're leaning in to international missions and even further into unreached and even further to unengaged unreached people groups this morning. From Romans chapter 16, well, why missions? Here's the answer. Because God's purpose would not be accomplished without action. God's purpose of making disciples of all peoples would not be accomplished without uh, missio or missions or or reaching out, being mobilized. And you guys know that so well as a congregation. Want to encourage you in that. So a couple scripture passages. Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27, as well as Psalm 67, verses one and two, uses the concept of for all the nations. Uh, The Greek is panta ta ethne, panta ta ethne all the nations Matthew 24 14 says this and this is this is uh true it's all of God's word is true this is is true with respect to our privilege of sharing Jesus with these people groups Uh, the gospel needs to spread to each nation to each person each tribe each people group and then the end will come I'm gonna give you some statistics and you'll see how much more work we have to do and we continue to find more unreached people groups and more unengaged unreached people groups day by day. If you wanna look at, it it, it comes up monthly, each month there's an update um, about people groups, unreached people groups and unengaged unreached people groups you can see that at online at www.peoplegroups.org. That's a a website where several groups, including our own, which is the database, uh, the IMB, works together to find all of the people groups out there, all of the UPGs and all of the UUPGs, if you will. Let's talk about people groups. What is a people group? Well, the numbers are this. As of yesterday, by the way. Uh, there are 12,099 different people groups in the world. That's 7.9 billion people. This is a significantly, kind of defined as a significantly large grouping of individuals, excuse me, who perceive themselves to have a common affinity with one another. So for evangelization purposes, a people group is the largest group within the gospel, with, within which the gospel can be spread as a church planting movement, without encountering barriers of understanding or acceptance. So they have an affinity together. Each people group does. In many parts of the world, lack of understandability serves as the main barrier, and it is appropriate to define people groups primarily by language with the possibility of subdivisions based on dialect or cultural variations. In other parts of the world, most notably in portions of South Asia, acceptance, acceptance of the gospel is a greater barrier than understandability. In these regions, caste, religious tradition, location, Common histories and legends, plus the factor of languages, can be used to define the boundaries of these people groups. So we've got people groups, commonness together from which they can hear the gospel. Different barriers may be there. Unreached people groups. What is an unreached people group? Well, here are the numbers as of yesterday 7,377 unreached people groups throughout the world. 4.7 billion people. That's over half, if you recall, of the 7.9, I think it was, um, total people in the world. So, half are unreached people groups. An unreached or least reached people group, a UPG, is a people group among which there is no indigenous community of believing Christians with adequate numbers and resources to evangelize the people group. Uh, One of the groups that I'd mentioned uh, that team up with the IMB is the Joshua Project. Um, They help research people groups, unreached people groups, and UUPGs, engaged, unreached people groups. Um, And they select a criteria that looks like this. Uh, A UPG is, is, is a people group with less than or equal to 2% evangelical Christians or 5% professing Christians. Okay. So once they reach that point, they are a reached people group. Not that we leave them alone. We still try to help disciple them, but have, they have the power, they have the numbers within themselves through the Holy Spirit to see the church planting efforts continue and people continue to come to Christ. Small number, 2% evangelical, 5% um, professing believers, but they can do it. God can do it through them. They no longer as much need the IMB or joshua project or other sending organizations so that's your upg here's the uupgs unengaged unreached people groups what is an unengaged unreached people group well right now numbers wise there are 3227 unengaged unreached people groups now this number seems small but remember they have no clue of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this number is, shall I say a mere 274 million people as of yesterday. An unengaged, unreached people group has no known active church planting underway. According to our International Mission Board, that's IMB if, if you... If you hadn't picked it up earlier according to the international mission board global research office and that's where all the data is kept from all these groups that are looking at people groups a people group is engaged when a church planting strategy consistent with evangelical faith and practice is under implementation not just planned but it's happening in this respect a people group is not engaged when it has been merely adopted you go to the SBC annual meeting you go to the missions display and they got a bunch of unreached people groups on a wall you pick one of those off they're adopted if you take it back to your church that doesn't doesn't do much good that um doesn't mean they're engaged right um so it's it's not engaged when a when a a country or people group i'm sorry is merely adopted or is the object of focused prayer that's a good thing right focused prayer um, or is a part of an advocacy advocacy strategy maybe a number of churches but uh uh, you know they even have someone from their uh, number talking with believers it's not uh it's not engaged yet So here's a simple summary. UUPGs, unengaged, unreached people groups are a subset of unreached people groups. Unengaged, unreached may be adopted, prayed over and communicating with Christians and still not be engaged. UUPGs become UPGs When a church planting strategy has been implemented, it's began. I've given you the numbers. Um, UPGs and and PGs that have been reached. I wanna give you that category. Um, Unreached people groups are people groups that have been reached. UPGs may have many churches and still not be reached. They become reached again when there is a population figure of 2% or more evangelical Christians or a population figure of 5% or more professing Christians. And then people groups include both of those two categories and more, all right? Those are combination of reached, unreached, and then unengaged, unreached. Well, a lot of statistics there. Let's talk about your church. Over the six plus years, I'm into my seventh year here, my family and I uh, have been around, your church has been an exemplary missional congregation. You don't know how many times I've pointed people toward the example of First Baptist Clinton when talking about missions. Learn from them. Learn from Pastor Randy You've used AX18 conferences to raise awareness. You've developed a strong budget for missions and sent out numerous teams and individuals. I remember Randy not too long ago uh, telling me that the total AX18 mission points or, or target points had reached around 40 in number. I think that's decreased a little bit, but still, 40 places that you all are doing missions and praying and supporting missions. That's phenomenal. God has infused you with a mission or with missions in your DNA. This is wonderful. You know, I don't know all the missionaries who've been supported directly by First Baptist Clinton over the years, but I'm guessing it continues to be quite a large number. I, I do know I talked with Bill this morning that Jared and Michelle are still active, as far as he knows. He's not heard from Chitwood this morning, but uh, Dr. Chitwood, the director of the IMB. But, you know, no word that they're anywhere but Nepal. So praise the Lord. They're still going and going and going on the mission field. A lot of activity. Pray for them, you know, these days because they're, they have incoming partners to, that are going to be helping them over the next um, weeks. Uh, so pray for uh, Jared and Michelle and their family. Um, All that said, wonderful, wonderful things, what's been on my heart as I've prepared or been preparing this message, and and even now as I share it with you, and at 11 o'clock when I'll have the opportunity to share it again, um, is the thought. It's just a thought. It's kind of a hope that there might be a person here who the Lord is preparing to serve as a missionary, much like the house, in a place far away, in a place maybe where there has not been a foundation laid, perhaps to an unengaged, unreached people group somewhere. Let me share a quick story. Within our number of churches here in West Central, there's one, uh, by the name of Elm Spring Baptist Church. Elm Spring has had a drive over the last several years to uh, to find themselves locating UUPGs, unengaged, unreached people groups. And they've been pretty successful. They found a nomadic tribe, and it's okay now to, to say is the Manang uh, group, people group, which was out there, transient, nomadic tribe, um, there was at different pockets, different places in um, uh, Uganda was where they were looking. First time uh, Eddie Smith went over there. He's the guy that, that was the one that pulled off you know, you know a name of a of an unreached people group right at at a at an annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't know where. I remember a big one where I'd come from, uh, a big huge display. Uh, you know, that, that uh, IMB had with all these names. And I pulled one for my association. And then um, Eddie was at one of those. He pulled the name and the Lord was on his heart. And Eddie went uh, to look, it said Manang. The people group is Manang. Eddie went to Manang with his wife. He's got a bunch of kids and a couple of kids. They couldn't find the Manang. They couldn't find them. They had to go a second time. They asked a bunch of questions for a second time they went. Anyway, long story short, they spent time probably six or seven years with the Menang until the Menang had reached a point of having 2% of their number, at least in this village, that knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior from an evangelical perspective. So there is an example of a UUPG that became reached in just six years. That congregation, similar situation, but they they got another name, right? And went over to Africa and found out that that tribe had already, that people group had already been reached. (laughs) So they're in between, they're ready to go grab their number three, uh, understanding that two of the groups that they'd focused on were already in a good place. So Elm spring is looking for number three and they're gonna continue and continue and continue. They are a regional, United States regional, um, uh, not headquarters, but a place where you can gain training, a training point for churches that would like to do what they've done. Let's look at Southern Baptist missions really quickly. Currently, the SBC gives 50.41% of cooperative program giving that, that passes the state coffers and gets to the North American coffers. Um, Over 50% goes to the IMB. Uh, Projected for 2022 is around $95 million. If you add that to the Lottie Moon offering, which is always a lot more than the CP giving, it's $185 million. So add those two together, I think I did this right. You've got $280 million um, Lottie Moon was, they tallied that around Christmas time. So adding that to this year's dollars that we should have, um, uh, they have about $280 million they're using with IMB, is using to support uh, field personnel. We have 3,595 total field personnel like the house, and then 34 uh, global missionary partners. And these are church planters that are not supported by the IMB. Um, and then other team associates um, that are not funded by the IMB that should go. We have a young lady um, uh, from Grover Park who, uh, Becca is her name. Uh, she goes by another name. But you can pray for Becca as long as you don't tell anybody where she's at. And I won't tell you. now. She's, she's in uh, Southern Asia, but you can pray for Becca. Kind of like the hawks you pray for the hawks You can pray with Grover for Becca. Why should followers of Christ or Baptists that are followers of Christ understand these facts and statistics, excuse me? Remember in Matthew 24, 14, we want to keep an eye on when Jesus is going to return. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. All nations Panta ta ethne. Could the Great Commission be fulfilled during our lifetime? During our children's lifetime? During our grandchildren's lifetime? Think about this. Statistically, there are over 47,000 Southern Baptist churches in North America and the U.S. territories. Uh, there are only, dare I use the word only, 3,227 unengaged unreached people groups. If only, dare I say, one in 10 Southern Baptist churches that would seek out and engage or broadcast the gospel effectively to a single unengaged, unreached people group sometime within the next 10 years, the Great Commission could be fulfilled. Did you get that? 47,000 Southern Baptist churches alone. 3,227 unengaged, unreached. If Scripture is true, and we find all those unreached, unengaged, unreached groups, Matthew 24 14, if that's true, we could accomplish, we could fulfill the Great Commission. It's time to finish up. I want to give you a a challenge, an invitation. Um, So musicians, you can start coming this way. Why me? What am I called to do? How can the Lord use me to accomplish his purpose of making disciples of all nations? Let me give that toward the end of this invitation. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, now is the time and I'd like for a deacon or two, if they could be toward the front uh, as I step down. This is the time or a time in which you can find Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is a great place to do it, great day to do it. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you've been a believer and not baptized. Maybe you've come to this place and worshiped and need to become a member. That's good. Well, maybe, just maybe.